0: Hi, I'm Susan, and this is Diane, and this is When Autumn Comes. Look, life sometimes just looks different than we thought it would. This is a podcast for mamas and for people who love them, whose lives were flipped upside down as a doctor looked into our eyes and explained our child's prognosis, or for the mamas who get very little sleep as they face symptoms and behaviors that just aren't typical for other children. This is a place where we can take on this journey together because we know that this can be a sad, lonely, misunderstood path. But we also know that as colder temperatures and darker days begin to appear, so do the golden leaves and beautiful sunsets of autumn. We know that life comes in seasons. We know that in our world, 24 hours can hold so much change that it feels like four seasons in one day. We are here to let you share your story, let you laugh and let you cry, Let you learn and let you grow together with other mothers when autumn comes. If our podcast had seasons, which I mean, it is called when autumn comes. So technically it is a season, but I'm talking like episodes and seasons and maybe we'll have that. I don't really know. Again, we're new here. But if our podcast had a season and a theme, I would say that right now, the theme would be trauma, because yet again, we're talking about trauma here at the When Autumn Comes podcast. Today, Diane and I are going to discuss a theory that was sent to me by a friend, and it just clicks, and it just makes sense for all of us who are living in constant crisis mode. We're simply just trying to survive. We don't have the mental capacity to even think for ourselves most days because we're so busy thinking and making big life decisions for other tiny little humans that live in our houses. So if you find yourself in a place of crisis, or if you're listening and you know of somebody who is currently in a life crisis, I hope the ring theory makes as much sense to you as it did for Diane and I. Hi, everybody. Welcome back hey. to the When Autumn Comes podcast. I am here with bags under my eyes and um,
1: unbrushed hair as usual. Gosh, so, I wish I could give you a big old hug. If <laughs> anybody if wouldn't let me. <laughs> yeah, if anybody
0: has been following along and following our schedule very closely. Because I know everybody was sitting on bated breath waiting for the 4 a.m. mom club on Friday.
1: Hey, just do yourself a favor. (laughs) I don't know if you should listen to it. Oh,
0: it was a bad one. So this was actually two weeks ago, um, the one about peeling feet. And I think I named it fairly, saying something like, it was terrible,
1: don't listen. I I did have a girlfriend. I mean, she is a bit raunchy. Sorry, Rebecca. (laughs) She did like it. (laughs)
0: I'm curious. I I am very curious. So the reason that didn't come out on Friday of two weeks ago and it came out on Monday was because Lorelai decided to have autonomic storming. It landed us in the ED. She went into metabolic acidosis. Then she went into respiratory alkalosis. And in and out, she stopped breathing multiple times. And it was a very traumatic, I don't know, week. So the fact that you got a 4 a.m. mom club was only because I am very much a perfectionist, and I wanted to be sure that the numbers lined up. That 4:07 a.m. matched episode seven. Perfectionist
1: or OCD, both. Okay, both. Let's be be fair. So here we are. My favorite part about not my this is not my favorite. That was not the right choice of words. But every time you said. I, I'm telling them, don't trust my kid. Don't trust my kid. Like she, you you know her, and you know when you get in there, like
0: they think I'm funny when I say you can trust her with your secrets, but do not trust her medically. <laughs> All of them would giggle just like you are, and I was like, I mean, really, if you committed if a like, murder, you could tell her. She won't tell a soul. <laughs> but don't trust she's her medically. Thinker, no. She's a, I, I mean, even know it's that. Really interesting when when you have an entire team of very intelligent doctors in the room and they're all just looking at you going, we don't know what to do. Lorelai, as a human being, she makes no sense with her underlying mitochondrial disease. As a Mito kid, she doesn't even follow Mito rules. She's a very, very unique individual. She's a unique unique one. (laughs) We love her. We love you, Lorelai. So today we were going to talk about the plan, the calendar. I feel like I have to disclose this to our listeners because we already covered how I'm a perfectionist and I'm OCD. Our calendar says that we are supposed to talk about birthdays and milestones because Lorelei turns five in a week and she has a life expectancy of two to five years. So we were going to talk about how that makes me feel basically,
1: but seeing and that it, yes you're like a Pinterest birthday party oh, yeah. thrower. Like you Birthdays throw one hell of a party. So I was really excited to hear about like, you know, all of You the didn't want to hear and... about
0: the emotions. You wanted to hear about my pinboards. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I, you know, we were taught, we had been talking and I was like, I don't know how much I have to contribute. But then once we started, I did realize, you know, you were gonna talk about like what did it feel like to celebrate birthdays and was it exciting I was or like was, I was it talking about how to blow up balloons? Let's be real. I know how to do that. I have a lot of <laughs> air inside my head. <laughs> so today
0: we decided to scrap that idea. And we can go back to it because I know in other episodes, other moms have mentioned that Mm -hmm. birthdays sting for them. So I really Mm -hmm. think it's something that we should talk about birthdays and milestones and how we miss them, but we're not doing that today. Spoiler alert, we've made it four (laughs) minutes in, almost five, and we we haven't even gotten to our subject yet. (laughs) Today, we are going to talk about something called the ring theory and how moms and dads and people going through trauma cope with it, partially because of the trauma we just faced last week. And I do kind of feel weird talking about trauma again, because we recently did an episode where you and I shared about our traumas. So this one's gonna be a little different.
1: And I think it's really important though, because no matter what the trauma, like obviously Susan was just in the ICU with Lorelai and it was very scary and a little touch and go at times, but we're talking about diagnosis trauma. We're talking about trauma of a child facing mental illness. We're talking about trauma of on all fronts a minor surgery. I mean, that's all traumatic. And
0: we're talking about trauma of Diane crying before we hit record because her kid is back to not sleeping again. Like yeah, this is all even our daily activities.
1: Yes. I traumatic. mean we all have feelings that are attached with something. And I think, you know, you only know what you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so we we all have feelings attached to it. And then we give outward emotion to the people on the outside of our ring. Like we're in the core. And what do these people hear from us? How can they absorb that? Like what are that? we all
0: supposed to do?
1: Yeah. And then how do they respond?
0: Let's explain the ring theory. And this is not something that Diane and I came up with. This is actually from Silk and Goodman. A friend of mine shared this a couple of years ago when she was going through infertility complications. And it stuck with me because I'm a very visual person. So the concept of this is take a piece of paper and draw a dot in the middle And then draw a circle or a ring around that. And then draw a circle or a ring around that. And you keep going. So it kind of looks like the ring of a tree, you know, like you can tell how old a tree is by its Mm -hmm. rings. The idea is that the person at the very center dot is the person going through the trauma of the moment. If you are the person that the crisis is happening to, you are in that center dot. The next person closest is in the ring right outside of that. And so on and so forth. Last week, I personally would consider Lorelai the dot. And then Mike and I are in the center ring with her. We aren't the dot, but we're in the center ring. And we are experiencing a different type of trauma. And I think, to be fair, I could also be considered the dot in a different circle or a different ring.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Because my kid was dying in my arms. She's back. Don't worry. But...
1: (laughs) Only you can say that.
0: (laughs) Because I'm in the center ring. Only I can say it. So the concept is
1: you give so much love
0: to the people who are in rings closest to the dot. So the theory is that you comfort inward and you dump outward.
1: And this has to do for everybody. Everybody. Everybody in the whole circle. Yep. And the last people on the very outside ring. You dump outward, comfort inward.
0: Yep. So if we're considering Lorelai the dot and me in the absolute center ring, my job is to comfort my kid with everything I've got. And I think that's a natural thing for us moms because I personally, in moments of crisis or trauma, specifically I'll speak to last week, but I know in general when I have mental breakdowns at home, I try not to do it in front of my kids. And I will try to go to the bathroom or in the ICU, step outside for a couple minutes. Because I don't want her to feel that energy from me because I want to comfort in. I will then go and call Diane and dump outward. And Diane is in a circle further out from me. So I'm allowed to call Diane and say anything that I can possibly have to say to get off my chest because I'm inside the circle.
1: And then my job is to not speak immediately, to take what she says stop my opinions, comfort inward, and then I dump outward. I mean, I of course was crying when she was telling me because I was feeling the emotion with her, but I'm not dumping my fears, my sadness back onto Susan. Like I am then going to go to my husband and say, I am hurting so bad because my friend and her daughter is hurting, or I am scared because what if that is us one day? I am not dumping that on her. I am dumping outward.
0: And I think in our little medical mom group, I sometimes give a pass to people who are like, I get it because I'm I'm in the trenches with you. But in the absolute moment of crisis, you still have to dump outward. Mhm. Because I know that my friends are in the same level of crap as me. But in the moment of crisis, you still have to dump outward.
1: And I do think too or, my perception is maybe the opinions I have of the reaction of the person in the middle. I mean, does that make sense? I don't think that anybody in the outward circles has a right to have an opinion and ever dump that inward on is this person overreacting? Is this person not reacting enough? Is this person doing enough or not doing enough? Like, though, I think that's when I find, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but. You have to dump that out. You cannot put your opinions on how the person is responding to their critical situation.
0: I think a prime example, and this episode will be airing, I think, next month, but we interviewed one of your good friends, Elizabeth. And when her child passed, she carried the ashes around with her for a while. Mm -hmm. And I think that no one can judge her for doing what she needs to do. Mm Mm-mm. And if you are going to go, that's a little, that's not something you put on her. You dump that out. Mm -hmm. You share that to the person in a ring further out than you are, but you Mm -hmm. don't put that inward to anybody, not to her mom, not to her, anybody closer to her than you. You don't put that
1: inward. Yeah. You're just there to support.
0: So when you are in an outer ring, there's things that like, first of all, there's things you can say and not say. I think instead of saying, here's what I would do if I were you, that is something that in a moment of crisis or in a moment of normal day-in, day-out chronic trauma, ask yourself before you say, here's what I would do if I were you. Say, can I bring you a meal?
1: Mm-hmm. Or just bring a meal.
0: Or just bring a meal. So that, that gets us to this one article that we're going to share then breaks down here's a great list of things that you can do if you are in an outer ring. Diane and I kind of wanted to take that list to the next level of so many people want to help Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and they don't know how. So my plan with this episode, again, we're now 14 minutes in and we're just getting to the punchline, I think. But my plan with this episode (laughs) is I want this to be something that if a mom or a family, or it doesn't even have to be in the medical world, if someone Mm -hmm. is going through trauma, I want them to say, pull up episode nine, Of when autumn comes. We're at nine. Whoop, whoop. Pull up episode nine of When Autumn Comes and listen to these two crazy moms talk because this will explain Mm -hmm. how I'm feeling. Because I had some people last week get upset with me that I wasn't replying quick enough to their text messages and I wasn't updating. And, you know, I literally was in the ICU holding my kid, praying that she would live. Mm -hmm. I didn't. I received tons of text messages and tons of Facebook messages, and I'm so appreciative, but I don't have the mental bandwidth to get back to people. And honestly, when I did have mental bandwidth, for lack of a better term, when I was not fearing that my child was going to die in my arms, I watched the entire series of Bridgington because I good? I liked it. Um, okay. The first episode was tough to get into, but after that I was hooked. But I didn't
1: have the mental capacity to talk to people. Mm-hmm. And I and didn't don't you find that sometimes to. you don't actually, I, I mean, I have to like process so long. Like I was trying to tell you how I was feeling this morning. And I said, I don't know if I can even describe it to you. Like I'm having a rough day. I shouldn't really feel this way. I mean, we've had really good stretches of sleep. We're headed down to an appointment. Speaking of you know our last trauma episode, that it just brings up this bubble of feelings inside that I can't actually pinpoint, and I feel a little crazy pants. And so when people reach out, and I I do genuinely think most people are reaching out to you out of concern and out they want to be helpful. I mean I mean I want to acknowledge that I understand that most of these people Absolutely. are doing it out of sheer goodness. However with the same compassion that i'm trying to give you giving you the benefit of the doubt that it's out of sheer goodness that you want to connect with me during this time i also need the compassion from you to try and understand that i am going through something that i can't even i can't even figure out i don't know i don't know what's happening i don't know what i'm feeling i don't know what i want to feel or how i want it to change it i'm just sitting in it right now so i think th- that's too when you find really good friendships because you know the people that just like I I said it in my, uh, another episode we talked about, like it's really special when you find people that just sit with you. They just offer comfort.
0: They just offer quiet. And
1: and they let you Mm -hmm. dump out. Yeah. And they just understand or try to understand, you know.
0: And they don't have to understand people. I don't want people to understand our daily traumas that we go through. I don't want people to understand ICU traumas, but you just comfort. And so Mm -hmm. what does that look like? I have some examples that are swirling in my head. I have a friend who I'm sure is listening. Uh, Shout out to my bestie from college, Kristen. She has made a point of being one of those people that every time something happens, and it could be just daily, daily crap, Kristen will call and leave me a message or send me a text message and say, don't reply. I'm just calling you to tell you I'm here. Like every day we were in the ICU, I'd get a text. And one morning I answered, I think in my sleep, I did have a conversation with her, but I'm pretty sure I was like half out of it. But (laughs) she will text me throughout the day and be like, I'm praying for you. Drink some water. And this morning alone, she texted me and she's like, I hope you ate breakfast and drink some water. That to me, I'm comforted knowing that she's there. I am also comforted in knowing that she doesn't expect a response. Mm Mm-hmm. I this morning was going through my phone of all the people that texted me and said, "Let me know if you need me to run errands. Let me know if you need a meal. Can I send you can I drop coffee off?" And Which is know, so
1: appreciated.
0: It is so appreciated. But I don't even know what I need right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I I mean, I'll tell you, I lost five pounds in a week because you can't eat in our ICU. So I'm not leaving my child. I'm, I'm not leaving my child to go get the coffee from you in the lobby. So I'm not going to say yes because I can't leave my child. So what does that mean people can do? I don't know other than our pick you policy changing policies. But
1: <laughs> I think another thing too, I am no therapist. So in full disclosure, listen to me. Maybe don't listen to me. I'm not really sure. But I always look at it as the person going through crisis, they're giving every ounce of their energy to either what they're going through or what their child's going through. I want to be that support for them. I don't, I don't need to be there for their child. Like you have given every ounce of energy to your child. So Kristen is now texting you like, Susan, I'm here for you. Drink some water. Eat a meal. I'm going to put my energy back into this person that's caring for somebody else because I don't want that person to be forgotten about.
0: And if you go off of the ring theory, if I texted Kristen and said, I need you to back off, she should take that and go, okay, like you can dump, Mm -hmm. you can dump out. Yep. I personally appreciate the texts because I wasn't drinking water and she knows me well enough to know that I'm not drinking
1: water. I mean, that to me, I've never thought, I mean, I felt like I texted you like, hey, no expectation of response. I know you're super busy. I'm still praying for you. Like- but I love you know talking about drinking water. It makes it so much lighthearted, more lighthearted. You know? I, I love that. I mean, that is one that I will keep in my back pocket. Thanks, Kristen. Never met ya. <laughs> you. Hope to one day. Good job. <laughs> We're going to take a quick pause. Have you heard of the
0: 4AM Mom Club? It's a place for medical and special needs moms to get together outside of social media, outside, not really outside of our houses. You could sit on your back deck with your laptop, and we'd all be together. But because of COVID, you know, can't really get together quite yet. One day, guys, one day we'll get together in person. In the meantime, join us at the 4AM Mom Club. Let's chat, let's cry, let's laugh, let's drink coffee or cocktails, your choice. And connect with moms who just get it. You can find more at www.4am-mom-club.com. See you there. So let's pretend that a mom is going through crisis and she sent this episode because we're so good. She sent this episode out on Facebook and said, listen to these people. This is what I'm going through. I need comfort and dump out. What can the people in the outer circles, because again, I'm not minimizing that they're going through trauma too. They are in the ring. They are in the Mm -hmm. circle. So they are still going through trauma, but not to the degree that the person in the center of the circle is. So Mm -hmm. what can these people on the outside do?
1: One significant thing that sticks out to me, is one of our neighbors, so we moved into a house two years ago. So I mean, we know these people, but it's not like we've had long history with them. We got stuck down at an appointment at Mayo, and we're having somebody watch our kids. They had to leave. Our kids were getting home from school, and we weren't home. And I panicked. I was like, I don't, I don't even know what's happening, you know. And so I just texted her saying, "Hey, can the kids come to your house for?" 30 minutes. And I think we'll be home in 30 minutes. They have practice, you know, of whatever sorts. And she said to me, we will get them off the bus. We will feed them and we will drive them to their practices. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I'm still trying to like make crunch time work here and saying to them like, oh, I feel bad. You don't have to do that. She just took over. And she always, it's incredible that she always will just take Selah. I mean, she doesn't have any qualms about. Okay, what do I feed her? I mean, what does she like? What does she need? She just takes her, and it's weird because I don't know if I can confidently say that I would just allow anybody to do that. But it's her confidence in we got this. She's fine. We we can you know handle her. And so I so just appreciated somebody just taking charge and saying, "Hey, drive home safely." We got this covered until you guys get home, and we'll get them to there.
0: I would imagine even if, like some of my friends who have multiple children, one having autism, if your autistic child is having a really bad day, you are in the circle. Mm -hmm. And what do you do with your other two kids? Mm -hmm. And just even if somebody says, hey, I'm going to take the other two kids to the park for 30 minutes. Yeah. Like, you know, that alone you are comforting in.
1: Yes. I mean, it, it just is, it's nice because then that, that's off your plate. It, it was just, I don't know. That was one thing that has stood out to me tremendously, just people taking control for you.
0: It's funny because in the ICU, I was talking to one of the nurses and she and I connected on a couple things. And at our hospital, when nurses leave, they all say, can I get you anything, mom? I had already kind of connected with her and I was like, can you tell me, is that like a Chick-fil-A where they're like, my pleasure. Like, is that something that you have to ask when you leave a room? Can I get you anything, mom? And she said, no. And then she said, how do you take that? I said, honestly, if I'm being quite frank, I take it as something that you have to say and you don't mean it. And she's like, but I do mean it. Like, can I get you anything? I said, so maybe then dig a little deeper and say, mom, I got her water this morning. It has not been refilled one time and it looks like she didn't even take the wrapper off the straw. Just show up with a cup of water. Just show up with a cup of ice. In our pick you, you can't bring them food, but you know, a cup of water or ice you could do. If mm-hmm. you could sneak some snacks in and you see that I literally ate pistachios on Friday night for dinner because I wasn't leaving my kid. And yes, I illegally ate this pistachios, but um have fired
1: word. Fired from the pick you.
0: <laughs> they can't get rid of me. Um, <laughs> we're frequent flyers. but
1: you know, Do you like, like a card?
0: I should. We you got, should a, we got a really good room this time, though. So I'm hoping I'm going to make note that I really liked our room and I'm going to give them a good Yelp <laughs> review because we had a good room.
1: They're like, listen, lady, we don't take reservations. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I told her, I mean, you're not in my circle per se. But mom is going through trauma. Lorelei is going through trauma. And the nurse is in an outer ring. You can bring me a cup of water. That would be outstanding. I struggle because when people ask me, What can
1: I get you? Do you need anything? I don't know. Right. And I think uh, to give the outer ring people credit also, I mean, when you're in the middle of crisis, that's a whole different story. However, like in my situation, we weren't necessarily in crisis aside from like, Oh crap my kids are going to be home alone. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I need to also take responsibility in accepting the help because I find myself being like, Oh no, I I think I'm fine. Or, Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. no, I think like we can make it home or you don't have to do that. Like, no, accept the help say yes. You would want other people to say yes to you if you were offering something. Mm
0: And I think that that's where being specific with, can I bring you or I'm going to bring you dinner. My other college roommate texted and said, I know you got your second COVID shot, so I'm bringing you sushi because my husband's like super, super, stupid, whatever. (laughs) My husband is super COVID concerned and like he will only eat things that we can reheat. Amanda texted me and she's like, I know you got your second COVID shot, so I'm going to bring you sushi next week.
1: Yes, girl. It wasn't a
0: question. <laughs> it was a I'm gonna bring you sushi next week.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think I'm so tired that I I mean, I got a text from somebody saying, Look, if you need me to run errands for you, if you need me to do anything, just let me know. And I know from the bottom of her heart she meant well. I I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna reach out three weeks later and be like, Remember when you offered yeah. Lorelai is still not doing well and I need to return this Amazon package. Can you come get it and take it yeah. to UPS for me? Yeah. I'm not going to do that.
1: Because unless it's already on a list, I feel like to look ahead and be like, okay, I got to get a list together to then call this person and drop off the list. That's, again, I don't know. I, I str- And I, I'm going to be honest. I really struggle with not wanting to push people away while they're Trying to be gracious and offer things, I really struggle with that. I never want to be that mom, but if we're being totally honest and like yep. open about our feelings, it is so t- to be honest about what's helpful. That is helpful. Hey, just drop up. I mean, put dinner on my doorstep. Don't no ask if I ever like it.
0: Turn food down.
1: No, and then you'll never know if they actually don't like it. Yeah, like well, I'll lie to you, but it's so appreciated because at least hopefully, you know, four out of the five of us are going to eat it. But I do struggle with that. I, I I do struggle with not wanting to put walls up for people like, will I say the wrong thing? Will I, oh, I probably don't have much to offer. And so I will acknowledge that part. But it's just very helpful when you just do. Yeah. And it takes me to think about doing that too.
0: Yeah. I, I had a friend who had a baby last month. I think baby is about a month old. We're kind of like acquaintance friends. We're not best of friends. But... I really wanted to do something for her because she did stuff for me when Lorelai was born. And I actually, I got a $50 Grubhub gift card from her last week. Like magically in my inbox, she sent me something. And it's been on my list to do something for her. I just haven't been able to. I haven't talked to her in forever. And she sent me a $50 Grubhub thing. No, no anything. Just here's some here's some Grubhub dollars, and I think and it just speaks volumes. Mhm. I also struggle as long as we're just talking. I also struggle because this is chronic for me. Mm-hmm. We were in the i c u for three weeks in November we were only in the i c u for seven days this month. And I don't want people to think, "Oh, I helped her in November, like she's good. Or, oh, she turned me down in November. She doesn't need, you know, she told me in in November that she didn't need anything. Because every single time is different. And I try to look at things from an outsider's perspective. Like, what if my life was Kristen's life? What would I do? And I am very thankful for the friends who realize how shitty all of this is and how heartbreaking it is that poor Lorelai spent three weeks of November in the ICU and a week of February in the ICU. And I don't want people to feel bad for us, but I also don't want the people in the outer rings who care to feel like I don't care about them. I -hmm. just still months later don't have the bandwidth to comfort
1: out. Do you ever feel like that is directly correlated with you missing the person you used to be? One of my love languages is gift-giving. It's sending those text messages. It's acknowledging people and being able to do things for teachers or friends. And I'm not in the place that you're at, but there are times where I'm in the trenches. Mm -hmm. And I miss having the mental capacity to be who I used to be. But I very much appreciate the people that don't forget to do that same thing in return. I mean, it's just so special When they don't look at it and be like, well, man, she hasn't really called me in a really long time. So she probably, I mean, just, I I just so appreciate the out of the blue text messages of, I know you're going through hard stuff or, Hey, you're really inspiring to me. Or, you know, I'm just really thinking of you drink some water.
0: (laughs) And going back to like what people can do, I wanted, before we started this, I wanted to have like. This wasn't our plan. Had we planned this episode, I would have made a list and we could have discussed the list, but this wasn't the plan. Mm-hmm. So, like, think about it. If it's summertime and we're in the ICU, don't ask me, can I come cut your grass? Just come cut the grass.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm never going to say yes, partially because I really love cutting the grass. I I Uh, do too. I love it.
1: And now I have an almost 11-year-old that does it, and I'm like, you guys, I want to cut the grass someday. Yeah, I'm so glad some (laughs) days. I don't
0: have typical kids. I don't have to share that task. But I'm never going to ask somebody to come cut the grass. Mm -mm. Or, I mean, again, I really like it. But if you say, if you just show up and cut my grass, I'm going to be like, oh my gosh. First of all, flew flew from Minnesota and then cut my grass. But... (laughs) You know, know? (laughs) it's things like that, that, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know, if COVID wasn't a thing, come into my house, ask my husband to bring my dirty laundry down when I'm in the ICU and just do my laundry because it is overflow with. And I appreciate that the kids' laundry is done. And I appreciate that our syringes were done by our nurse and like everything was as organized as possible. But when I got home one night, there wasn't any food for me to eat. And it was my one night home and the entire pick you stay. So I got home and I ate cheese and
1: turkey. And then you were backed up. <laughs> well, I wasn't.
0: Girlfriend, if we're going to get into that stuff, let me tell you, the pick you and my nerves – I think that's why I lost five pounds. It wasn't because I was eating or not eating. It was because my stomach just goes, you're in the big you right through you. <laughs> so sorry, I, you guys, know, that was a four a m We'll shift that conversation <laughs> to another place. but i you know i I don't really know. I'm trying to think of things that that we could give a list of ideas for people listening that aren't in it. But the the biggest thing to take away from this ring theory that isn't our theory, it Mm -mm. belongs to, let me stress it again, it belongs to Silk and Goodman. The biggest thing, question where you are in the circle. Before you do anything, ask yourself, where am I in this circle? Mm -hmm. What ring am I in? And then you comfort in.
1: Yep. I mean, and I even look at it, honestly, because I know I dump out and I dump right onto my mom. I've said it time and time again. I dump onto my mom. I hope that she has somebody in the outside of her circle that comforts in. Mm -hmm. I mean, because we all need it. And I Mm -hmm. think that's, what's so beautiful about the ring theory is like, nobody really gets left out. The people in the very outside of that circle, they're not taking on much, so they are just comforting. They're there to comfort. And everybody has their place where like you're about to get dumped on. I've been dumped on before. I mean, I my husband and I were just talking about it. Like when we're under stress, like he dumps on me, I dump on him. I hope that he has somebody that really can comfort in aside from me, you know, because we all need that, so no matter where you are in that circle, it is not all about me being in the center and being in crisis or my child being in the center and being in crisis. It is figure out where you are in the specific situation in the circle find your people that are there to comfort you but always remember to dump outward. You know, and we're all going to feel that dump and then we're all hopefully going to have that comfort. I don't know. And we wanted to talk about this because we had a lot of people Susan um shared this on social and in the 4 AM mom club and we had a lot of people that started utilizing this theory right away and nobody had really heard of it. I hadn't heard of it. And we just thought it was a great reminder and Everybody always is asking what they can do. And so this is something, like she said, that hopefully you guys can take and pass along to your people. Use it yourself to just be good humans to each other, you know, and not take things personally or know how you can help. Because we all know there's like there's such good people out there. Okay, so I'm glad we all just got our therapy degree here. This was real good.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, and this was from a Google,
1: so. <laughs> I thought we weren't supposed to Google. We're not supposed to Google, but. But we do. Thank you guys
0: for joining us. Thank you for all of your support. Thank you for letting me dump out today.
1: And just come on this ride. I mean, we, like we've said, we're like flying by the seat of our pants. And we're so thankful that you're so receptive of that. <laughs> Cause I'm sitting in my bedroom with dirty clothes sitting in front of me recording a podcast. I mean, and Susan's cat is probably
0: here.
1: pooping next to her or something.
0: No, I covered the poop up. It doesn't smell <laughs> as bad when there's litter on top of
1: it. So gross. Can we edit that? out? This is Susan and I am going
0: to go take a nap.
1: <gasps> Lucky. That's awesome. This is Diane. I gotta go at, say laugh the bus.
0: Catch you guys next week.
1: We know you have so many choices on how to spend your time. Thank you so much for choosing to spend it with us. We would be honored to hear your unique, complicated, and hope filled stories. We would love for you to connect with us and share your story on our website, www.whenautumncomes.com, and you can find us on social media at When Autumn Comes Podcast. Also, check us out at 4AM Mom Club, where we will be sharing our middle-of-the-night shenanigans, Etsy finds, Netflix faves, and other things that get us through. We would love for you to hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You'll continue to hear unique stories, feel a whole lot of comfort and connection, and hopefully share in a few laughs. We are new to the podcasting world, so this show is produced by yours truly. With hope and a whole lot of excitement, Diane and Susan. See you next time.